Welcome to A Healthier You, Little by Little. This podcast gives you insights and features various aspects of health, from sleep and stress to immunity, exercise, home workouts, energy, and performance. Here is your host of A Healthier You, Little by Little, Cindy Little. my last podcast guest on episode 92 and this time he's a transformational life coach just to let you know if you didn't get to hear the last one but I do recommend that you do go back and listen to the last podcast because it was excellent so John helps people flourish in all aspects of their lives and today we decided that we'd do a sequel to the last episode and it's called the magic of being decisive and we are going to give you some really great information. And the reason why you want to be decisive in your life choices is because it makes for a happier life. And of course, a healthier you, little by little, is all about making those little changes that help with that. So welcome back, John, my favorite little buddy. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. <laughs> He's, he's my new workout partner, and uh, we, we see each other every every morning, uh, Monday to Friday on FaceTime. He lives in a different town than I do, but he is uh, spry, he is flexible, he's strong, and he's uh, he's just such a great guy that I'm, I'm welcoming him back to give us some more great wisdom. So let's have it, John. Where do we start with the magic of being decisive? Well... I could I could start with what we're going to wrap up with, and uh, it, it's a, a one-word source for having a flourishing life is freedom. Ooh, I like it. And a one-word source for freedom is decisive. Right. Well, I, I like both of those words. They're very good words to have. And a lot of people choose a word of the year. Did you choose one yet, John? No, I haven't this year, actually. Okay. Well, I, I think freedom and uh, flourish and decision and decisive are all really good words. Kick well, off. should I have all four? <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you want. <laughs> it's your life, John. <laughs> So, moving on from from last week's uh, discussion we had, uh, we're talking about the freedom to flourish, and we talked about uh, what home is, and we talked about everything is being energy, uh, and therefore, if we want a different life than what we have, we need to envision a different life than what we have. And so there's a whole aspect of visioning, which I refer to as the invisible power. And then a core question is what makes you happy, uh, which you'd refer to. And also arising out of that sense of happy and fulfilled and, and, and goodness and so on, what are our core values? Because our core values are what inform our decision-making processes or in many cases lack of decision-making processes we don't realize 
oftentimes, until we start asking the question, oftentimes we don't realize what our core values are. And they can be negative core values, they can be positive core values, but we choose what our core values are. Then we did speak about everything being energy. It's everything that, that flows through our lives, everything that flows through everyone else's life and all other life forms is energy. The thing about us humans is we have a much greater capacity to choose than many other life forms. And so we can choose uh, positive energy or we can choose negative energy as what we will attract and welcome and embrace in our lives. Now, the the part about negative energy, and again, it's we don't realize it a lot of the time, but when we allow ourselves to go into negative energy spaces, it's very contracting. It tends to make us feel smaller. It tends to make us feel separate from situations or other people or, or what have you. And... It, it tends to entrap us. Negative energy tends to entrap. When we choose positive energy, we are expansive. When we're smiling, when we're enjoying someone, when we're uh, um, complimenting people, it's, it has an expansive aspect to it. And expansive energy is feel-good energy. And so we want to invest ourselves in positive energy activities, positive energy expressions, positive energy interactions and discussions and, and, and so on. And uh, then again, last week, we, we spoke about living by default or living by design. Yeah. And the, the, the magic, if you will, uh, of the expansive energy is it's, it's that expansiveness that is so powerful in designing our future image of ourselves, a future image of our situation. I've always heard this theory or this saying that what you focus on, you find. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And so you can you can dwell in default and negative attitudes, or you can be positive and hang out with positive people and put positive energy forward. And and I do agree, you will you will draw in what you're putting out or you're you're more likely to attract what you want when you're thinking about positive things. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. That was a re really good recap, John, of our last call. So if people haven't heard it, uh, it, it uh, it's well worth a listen. We did cover a lot last time for sure. All right. So the magic of being decisive. What, what does 
decisive mean to you, John? What should it mean to other people, do you think? Decisive is a very interesting word. It's got Latin roots, Roman roots, I guess. A uh, word, uh, decidera. It's a Latin word, D-E-C-I-D-E-R-E, -E -E, decidera. It means to cut away from. So if you can imagine you're sitting in space somewhere and you've got all kinds of things you could be doing, which is normal situation. <laughs> We've got all kinds of things you could be doing. When you make a decision, you cut away some things here. You cut away some things there. You choose to do this. You choose not to do those other things. And so that process of making a choice for what you want to focus on and therefore cutting away all the other things, that's what decide means. It means to cut away from all the, cut away all the things that aren't important, leaving you with what's important to you. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, it goes back to your comment, what you focus on, you find. Mm -hmm. Focusing is a decision-making process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So I, I suppose as a transformational life coach, you uh, probably guide people to be more decisive and make a decision on what they want, right? Yes, I do. Um, before you can decide on what to do, you have to decide on what you want. And that's the, that's the whole process of envisioning something that's different than what you have now. I mean, if you're entirely satisfied with your life the way it is, you don't need or want anything different, then just carry on. Mm -hmm. But that's not true of very many people. It's funny. I have a lot of people who will spend... I don't know how much lottery tickets are these days. Like maybe they spend $5 or $10 buying a lottery ticket, hoping that they'll win the lottery, but yet they won't put that money into either their health or learning, like buying a book to learn or to grow or buying a course to learn from, to help them move ahead. So, and I guess that's a default decision too, is depending on a lottery to win it. I mean, when you're up against millions of people who are betting on the same lottery, what are your chances of winning the lottery? Minuscule. Minuscule, right. And so people really do need to figure out what they want in life. Yeah, you could say, I want money, but how, what are you willing to give up or to do to get that money? What are you willing to decide or to focus on to get it, right? Yes, um, I think there's um, a larger consideration that can be more, perhaps more helpful. We live in a culture that believes we have a right to be comfortable. The thing about comfort is it's never static. If you get there, when you get there, you've already found something else that would make you more comfortable. <laughs> right. It's like the old adage, the grass is greener on the other side of the street. The thing about comfort is comfort causes you to become ingrown. You're not stretching when you're comfortable. You're not reaching for new knowing. You're not reaching for new activity. Growth 
and newness and uh, new opportunities, opportunities, they all are beyond or outside of your comfort zone. So the ideal of being comfortable is, I would say, close to mythological. The ideal of reaching beyond your comfort zone for places that you can grow, you can learn, you can try new things, you can do new things. I mean, you can even take a plunge and learn a whole new career. I've done that more than once in my life. You have too. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a stretch. It's not comfortable, but it takes you to new places. So what is the magic of being decisive? The magic of being decisive actually has two parts to it. One, just, just being decisive almost achieves, but not quite. Because in order for the decision to be a decision, there has to be be an action that comes out of it. Give me an example, John, if you don't mind. An example. You decide you want to learn something new. you got to buy the book. Okay. There's an action. Okay. You decide that you'd really like to win the lottery, to go back to a prior example. you got to buy a ticket. If you've got a ticket, there's a chance. Not a very big chance, but there's a chance. If you don't have a ticket, zero chance. Right. You can decide that you really would love to enjoy a holiday in such and such a soul place, yeah. ABC Resort. You can make a stretch to find out about a ABC Resort, buy the, the ticket, the air ticket, do all the information research and so on. But you could just go to the internet and find a, a video and enjoy the video for an hour. Um, and then go back the way the life the way it was. If there's not an action that arises out of the decision, then it's not a decision. And I, I agree with you there. I'm, I'm actually thinking of my own uh, indecision and decision that I made, a good and a bad uh, decision. So once upon a time, eight to 10 years ago, I was writing a book and my husband and I were writing it together. And it was going to be on our time because we both retired in our early 40s, uh, semi-retired in our early 40s. And we, we thought, let's write a book and it will be half about your military career and it will, the other half will be about me and your, you know, a military spouse and, and how to, like what to do in retirement and, and what, what we're going to do. But so anyway, we, we started this book and we had decided to write it. We wrote a little bit and then we stopped and I kind of shelved it because other things were always more important or there was something always more pressing to do or to focus on. And so we shelved it. And so I, I had a little friend who, who was my book buddy for accountability for a while. And she says, so when are you going to do this book? And so she got me on track for a little bit, but then I fell off track again and I, I shelved the book again. And I, I said to her, I said, you know what, maybe it's just not the time. Maybe it's just, I don't have enough emotion or reason to do it. And then finally, I did write a book completely different from that book that I shelved. And this book is the book that I'm launching soon. And in order for me to get that book written, I decided I would 
wake up an hour early every day and do 50 minutes of, of writing. And I did that for 60 days straight. And I wrote a book in 60 days. Now it's just taking the editing process and revision and refining it and, and the flow, but it's done. It's technically done. But a decision I made to make up, wake up early to do it. Because a lot of people say, I don't have time. You know what? Everybody can use that excuse, really. But there are 24 hours in a day. And if you're watching TV for three to five hours at night, you've got time, right? When people say, I don't have time for fitness. Well, I know that George Bush, when he was president, he, he found time every day to exercise. And I know that very busy CEOs find time to exercise. They make time. They don't find time, right? And that and that's another that that's an example, two examples, the book and and fitness, when people say they don't have time for fitness. I think you do. I mean, I, I know you do. You there's time. there's time for everything you decide to give it to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's decision. The uh I I spent quite a while actually coming up with, with a little saying that I started with I want to finish with. Decision is the key. And here's something else interesting about decision. In in the last uh, last podcast, we talked about the infinite. Once you make a decision and you act on it, the universe conspires with you to help make it happen. I agree with that totally. Now, that was written by a guy called Ralph Waldo Emerson. Emerson was a very interesting guy. Lots of people know about him. He was he was one of the, the founders, in a way, of the transcendental movement 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it's it's all about an awareness that we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in a thought vacuum. That the thoughts we think are fundamental to how our life unfolds. But there's a whole sea of thinking that's going on all around us. And uh, I've been reading a book uh, I got for Christmas. It's called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. It's written by Chris Hadfield. And it was his story. <laughs> well, no, it's not, it's not only his story. It was, it was inspired by his six months he spent on the space station when he was commander of the space station in 1995, I think something there. Anyway, it's, it's an amazingly insightful book. But one of, the, one of the images that really stuck with me is when he was doing his very first spacewalk. He was the very first time he was getting out of the space capsule to be out in space tethered to the space gap. So they had some work had to be done on the outside of it and so on and so forth. And there was a hatch, a small circular hatch that he had to get out of the outside. Now, he had his spacesuit on. He had all the tools and stuff that he had to get at. They're strapped on the front. You didn't just, you know, like a tool chest on the, on, on the front, everything he needed when he got outside. On his back was, uh, was his air air packs and so on and so forth. And he discovered trying to get out of the hatch that he had a problem. And he described it by, by saying he was a square ass astronaut trying to get out of a round hole. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, all kinds of things were catching on the on the edge of the porthole he's trying to get out and so on. But then he got outside 
and there was this wonderful vista of the universe, and this little, little small part of it was planet Earth. And in that whole vista of the universe, what's happening is thoughts. Not thoughts the way we think as humans, but there's a whole sea, ocean of energy that in the context of us being humans can register with us as a thought. And Emerson's learning was that when you make a decision, when you cut away the things that you don't want to have in your life, like the TV shows, and you seize on the things you do want to have in your life, like writing your book, when you make that decision, the entire universe will conspire to help you make that decision happen. Mm -hmm. And in, in the context of the example you gave, in that space of being quiet and receptive in the mornings, all kinds of ideas of what you could write in your book were coming to you. That was the universe helping you do it. Universe helping you make it happen. Doesn't matter what your decision is. When you make a decision and you take action on it, synchronicity is when something outside yourself contributes to your vision for you. Yeah. And when you make a decision and you act on it, all kinds of synchronicities happen to help you along the way. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you probably have heard of the study... Uh, done, I think, by Yale or Harvard, one of the major universities in the States, uh, when the when the young adults were about to leave after they graduated, they they had the class write down their goals. And I think only 3% of the, maybe, I can't remember what the percentage of that actually wrote down their goal. And then there's some people who told people their goal. Well, 20 years later, they did a reunion, and only 3% of people uh, out of the 100% um, accomplished their goal. Well, th that 3% were the only people that actually wrote down their goal. And that's, that, that's so powerful to put it out there to the universe or put that energy forward at, at, at a minimum, make that decision of what you want. And I, I find that our last session, our last podcast, when we talk about living by default, I think people who live by default really don't set any goals or don't even... They, they can't dream, and you talk about dreaming too. Another course that you have about dreaming or dream building is, you know, maybe maybe you don't know what you want. Maybe you need to be around or around people that are achieving what you want. And I know for me, when I joined a mastermind group for a year and the person who ran it was a best-selling author, that's something that I wanted to do. He was monetizing a podcast. That was something that I wanted to do. He teaches him and his wife teach how to do online courses. That was also something that I wanted to learn to do. So aligning myself with the people that were doing it allowed me the space and the knowledge and, and the tools to, to allow me to move into that, that transition as well, or that moment momentum or, mm -hmm like you say, uh, doing it now, like, don't think about it, just do it now, right? Do it now. Yeah. That's a, that's another key phrase is do it now. 
Mm-hmm. And it's what I call Nike wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Speak of the magic of, of, dis, of being decisive. When you're decisive, you're in action. And there's if, if you have an attitude, if you have a habit, if you have a mindset of being decisive, there's numbers of things, hundreds of things that are happening each day that are giving you the opportunity to decide, to make a decision. If your habit is to be decisive, it doesn't cost you much time. Uh, when a decision comes up, you evaluate and say, yeah, okay, and yeah, I'll do that. And you do it. Mm-hmm. Now, are you always making the right decision? No. But when you're being decisive, you have momentum, and therefore you can steer, you can guide your progress. When you're not making decisions, when you're not a decisive sort of person, you wind up on the fence. So easily, so many times a day, would you like this or would you like that? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, well, perhaps, I, you know, and uh, all kinds of things pass you by. You, we gave an example of the first one, and then I can't remember if we covered the second one. One word source of freedom, uh, sorry, the one, one word source of flourishing is freedom. One word source for freedom is being decisive, recognizing that decisive means action as well. Now, how does that translate to freedom? It translates to freedom because when you have momentum, think of a, a sailboat. You and I have talked about sailing. We've both been sailing. When you have momentum through the water, you can steer. So if where you're going isn't taking you towards the freedom you want, you adjust, you pivot, you change. But when you're stuck in inactivity, it's really, really hard to steer. That reminds me of when my husband and I did a motorcycle trip to Newfoundland. We were stopped at the top of a hill at a stop sign. And that's one of the worst things that can happen to a motorcyclist, stop on a hill at a a sign. And then we were going to turn into the highway And because we were stopped and my wheel was turned a little bit, I ended up dropping my bike in the intersection because I wasn't, I didn't have the momentum to go forward. And I had, I I guess I might've popped the clutch or something like that. And, and my bike went over and I dropped my bike. Luckily I didn't have any damage, but the thing is you need, you need momentum before you can steer. A classic example is a motorcycle stopped on a hill trying to turn from an intersection. Well, lots of people have never ridden a motorcycle, but lots of people, when they were kids, rode a bike. That's right. Same idea. And if you get up on the bike and you're not going anywhere, guess what? The bike falls over. Yeah. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, being being decisive is, is the key to freedom, and it's all freedoms the key to being able to flourish. It's all kind of a circular roundabout. Well, it sure is on a motorcycle. If the wheels aren't going around, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) True enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, John, you help people flourish in all aspects of their lives, and you have a course that we talked about in the last episode, Freedom to Flourish, which I have taken and I benefited from. And you also help people with dream building and 
you have all these other courses, you do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. What would be the best advice that you would summarize this this uh, podcast in, or even summarize to your your best advice? Now, I I kind of let it the cat out of the bag earlier. I hope you um, maybe maybe you'll use that one, or maybe you'll use another one. But go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, and do it now. Do it, now. do it sometime. Actually, promotes. Um, procrastination and procrastination is a real easy way to get stuck so the key is to do it now you know i always say it's now o'clock <laughs> now o'clock yeah the, uh, the the thing about doing it now is you you can never tell whether what you're doing is the right thing or not quite the right thing or the wrong thing or the bad thing or the good thing or so on you can believe it is but you don't know that it was until after, and you can look back on it and see it in the context of many other things. So do it now is my best advice. Don't think about it, just do it. And you know, actually- No, 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 I didn't say, it's not part of my advice, don't think about it. Oh, okay. You can think way faster than you can do. What do you mean by that? I mean, your mind and your awareness and your being and your emotions they work faster than the actions you can do with your body. They work faster than your hands or your, your fingers. If you've got to think about it, think of playing a musical instrument. If you've got to think about all the fingerings, you're not going to keep up with the music. When you've practiced and practiced and practiced so you can, you can play without having to think about what your fingers are doing, you can keep up with the music. Okay, well, that, that's a good example. So when I said, don't think about it, just do it. The reason why I said that was when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you're part of the 5 a.m. club and Robin Sharma wrote a book on the 5 a.m. club, he says, when that alarm goes off, don't think about whether you're going to get up or not. Just get up. Like, just mm -hmm. do, it. do it now. Because if you let your brain talk you out of it, it will, it, you, you don't have a chance. <laughs> and, no. I, and I know from... From personal experience, that is the case. Like as much as I want to get up at five every morning and do all the, the 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes of exercise, 20 minutes of self-reflection, 20 minutes of self-growth, it doesn't always happen because my mind talks me out of it because I thought about it. So that's what I mean, John, by saying, do it now. Yeah, yeah. But it's not do it in the absence of thinking. Right. It's do it now because when you're doing it now, your mind is still going. Your feelings are still happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the difference is when your alarm goes in the morning or you wake up in the morning and get up, what your mind is thinking about, what your emotions are feeling is the day that's going to unfold, the day you're expecting to unfold. Whereas if you don't get up and you're all in bed, what your mind and your emotions are doing is, oh, is it nice in bed? Oh, I like this. Describe my morning this morning, John. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, my menopause is screwing around with my sleep. So, <laughs> and, but the difference—the difference you see—is a choice. Yeah, everything's a choice. Everything's a choice, and everything's energy. But if your habit—if your habit—is to do it now, then when you think of doing something that's beneficial 
to you and you do it now, you've got momentum and your motorcycle doesn't fall over at the stop sign. So the magic of being decisive is in doing it now. Yeah. The magic of being decisive is what feeds the freedom and it's what feeds the flourishing. All right. I would change the one word slightly. Instead of feeds, it fuels. Being decisive fuels the freedom and it fuels the flourishing. All right. I, I don't have anything more to say, John. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there any last words that you have? A last word. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I think probably I do. I've got a little booklet here that's really helpful. Yes. There's five steps you can take to become a better decision maker. You'd never be a perfect decision maker, but you can always be better. And the first step is to create the vision of what it is you want. And in terms of what we were saying in the last session, have a vision of what you'd love. The second is to fall in love with an intention to allow the universe to help. Now, that implies a meditative aspect, a meditative capacity, a willingness to be peacefully still within, to mentally rehearse what you want, to make decisions in the now moment. We often think we're deciding when we're not really deciding. It's not a decision until there's an action. And when you think about the meaning of decide, the cut away from, unless there's action, there's no cutting away from. There must be action for there to be a decision. And the fifth is, what can you do right now from where you are with what you have? So five steps to better decision-making. Have a vision of where it is you want to get to. Have an intention to let the universe help you to mentally rehearse what you want. Keep reminding yourself of what you want. Make your decision now, which means act now. And uh, constantly keep in mind the question, what can I do right now from where I am with what I have? Nice. There is your foundation of decision making. What can I do right now from where I am with what I have? That will lead me in the direction of where I want to get to. I love that, John. And I think I think that uh, when you put it out to the universe, you met me, I met you. There's got to be a reason for that. It, it was a happening. <laughs> it was it was it was quite. It's almost not a word that I can think of that's big enough. The significance of of us crossing each other's path. I mean, we have so much, you know, to do, you know, and we're doing it now, which I love. Yeah, and, and I I'm, I'm finding it very stimulating. Awesome. Well, you've stimulated me too, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poking the bear. Get out of that cave. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I love that. I love that analogy, poking the bear, because it's poking the bear is another way of saying go beyond your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because when you're in a cave and you're all snuggled down for the winter, you feel comfortable. Hopefully you've made it so that you're comfortable. At some point, you do have to move beyond your comfort zone or you're just kind of surviving, not thriving. Yeah, vegetating. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you, John, in, in helping helping me with seeing the light again 
and coming out of that, that hibernation mode that I was in. And, and it's okay to have a hibernation mode. There's different seasons for different reasons, and, but it's, it's always good to align with people who have different thoughts. And There's a reason that there's seasons of the year and there's seasons of life. I always kind of marvel at the fact that I really enjoy, I really become enthusiastic about the the new, the weeks of the new season, the early weeks of winter, the early weeks of spring, summer, fall, the same. But as the season starts to wane, I'm getting ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's... There's nothing wrong and there's everything good about having a season of hibernation when you need it. Yeah, excellent. Well, John, how can people reach you? My email address. Okay, we'll put the email address in the show notes. And do you want to say it out loud for the people who are jogging on a treadmill listening to this podcast who can't write down the notes or look at Sure. It's johnjoachen.maskell, M-A-S-K-E-L-L, at group, G-R-O-U-P, hyphen, works works.com and for all those guys who wrote it in the sand with a stick make sure it's not where the water will come over the sand and rub it in (laughs) (laughs) and you can always reach out to me if you want to get in contact with john and he is on linkedin and facebook now right john i am and you're teaching me how to how to fly (laughs) yeah we're both teaching each other how to flourish and that's it. You link arms with people that you want to run with and and run. Yeah, yeah. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, thank you again, John, for being a guest on A Healthier You Little by Little. I think that these tidbits are great information on creating the best healthy life and the best magical life that you can. So thank you again, John. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, I look forward to our our next inspiration. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to A Healthier You, Little by Little. Do you have a question about something you heard today? An idea for a topic, perhaps? Or would you like to reach out to Cindy? Send her an email, coachcindylittle at gmail.com or visit her website at healthtowealth.ca. That's healththenumber2wealth.ca. Or you can find Cindy on LinkedIn or Facebook as Cindy Little. Once again, thanks for listening.